I'm uh, here in uh, New Rajadam, beautiful morning. Harikar de Prabhu uh, is here, came down from uh, Budapest uh, last night. We spoke some in the evening uh, along with uh, New Anjan Maharaj, and he's uh, in class uh, this morning on Lat Kirtan and uh, leaving just after lunch to go back to uh, England. He was there for the whole week of the Budapest Island Woodstock Festival, Rock Festival, where, I don't know, 350, 400,000 people come. Interestingly enough, it seems like uh, three-quarters or more of the people are actually uh, visitors, foreigners. They're not Hungarians. They're coming from all over Europe. Uh, one of the reasons for that is, is that the price of the tickets has become so exorbitant by Hungarian standards that people just can't really uh, pay it. And that's interesting because that may necessarily require sort of a rethink on the strategy of this festival, which is a real major investment uh, on the part of the Budapest temple. Uh, the preaching is good, nice prasadam being distributed, and uh, good PR for people all over uh, Europe. And, uh, of course, we're also uh, benefiting the Hungarians. But it's a little different than what it was when it used to be just mostly all uh, Hungarian people and the benefit was uh, going to them. All right, this morning I'm just going to uh, speak briefly about uh, entering... Uh, Entering or changing uh, ashramas, uh, which is a theme of Varnashrama, but a regular theme in devotees' lives within ISKCON, uh, and the non-understanding of which has really caused a lot of chaos in individuals' lives uh, in the past. And particularly, I just want to give an example of one devotee who I've been uh, speaking with, who I think is really a... Uh, real example of how changes uh, need to be made in ashram in a uh, proactive way that's uh, beneficial for all concerned and that's really based upon principles not according to simply likes and dislikes anyway this devotee is a very good devotee long-standing Sankatan Brahmachari a very pure-hearted person and uh, in visiting me here we were talking and he was expressing how he's perceiving a real change in his uh, psychology. Uh, particularly, he expressed that you know he's a autistic type, and he'd like to uh, study and pursue some interests in arts and culture, architecture, such uh, cultural things uh, in relation to Krishna consciousness. Um, he wants uh, a break, he'd like to go uh, study in India, but by his own admission, it's not that he wants to get absorbed further in just studying Srila Prabhupada's books in order to come back and continue uh, Brahmachari life as he's done before, but he'd like to, on the side, uh, cultivate these other types of uh, cultural interests or aspects of his life and uh, see where that leads him. So we were discussing about this, and uh, I asked him, well, do you want to get married? And he says, no, I don't really want to get married. I don't want to uh, get, get into that entanglement because uh, I've seen what it's done in the past. And uh, 
then uh, I, I pointed out to him, but uh, the nature of a brahmachari is brahmachari guru kulevasadanto guru odhitan. He lives and exists solely to fulfill the desires of the spiritual master, uh, the desires of the spiritual institution, uh, which in the case of uh, temples in Iskon means that generally the devotees do sankatan, book distribution, or they do the needful, or they do what is needed. Uh, and what is needed is quite well defined in our society. You either do some kind of preaching, book distribution, daily worship, clean the temple. There's no need for other types of services unless one is living on some uh, farming community. And uh, in, in that farming community, there's opportunities for others. But from an economic point of view, a practical point of view, no spiritual organization or no organization can live or function in such a way that it just dreams up uh, different engagements uh, to fulfill uh, different interests that people have. Uh, and sometimes we hear this sort of misunderstanding that the devotees say, well, I should be engaged in a temple according to my nature. Uh, but the temple isn't a uh, broad society like we have uh, outside. It's a very limited uh, and very structured society which exists uh, as a consequence of very select activities. And uh, part of Brahmacharya life is that whatever is needed, that's what you do. You do what you're told because these are the things that are needed. And if someone wants to join the temple and says that all he wants to do, for instance, is uh, make paintings all day long, uh, unless a temple really has need for paintings, the temple president is going to say, well, that's fine, you just go get a job as an artist, and you paint for some company, but we don't need artists here. And that becomes the basis, uh, basic psychology for those who are dependent on the institution, is they accept the fact that they will have certain limited opportunities uh, to be engaged, or their limited engagements, uh, and they have to serve according to uh, those needs. And when you can't, uh, when you want to do some other activities, when one wants to be uh, somewhat uh, independent, uh, then one has to recognize that I I'm no longer a brahmachari. I'm something else, a person who uh, wants to pursue own interests, who wants to uh, divide his time between what the needs of the temple are and uh, his uh, own ideas, particularly when those aren't directly to do with the cultivation of Krishna consciousness, should realize that the kind of consciousness that's awakening within him uh, is the consciousness of a grihastra. Uh, that's the guna, uh, that's manifesting. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but one has to then realize that this issue of, well, I don't want to get married, uh, is uh, illusion. Uh, if the consciousness of independence is there, if the consciousness of self-sufficiency uh, and not uh, any longer able to do just what is needed, uh, then a devotee has to recognize that he has to take responsibility for everything else that comes along with that type of mentality. And what also comes along with it uh, is uh, a wife or a husband, and the other aspects of the Grihastha Ashram, such as family. Because that's the Dharma. That's what the Dharma is about. It's a holistic thing. Uh, there's no such thing as a independent Brahmachari. There's no Ashram in between Brahmachari Ashram and uh, Grihastha Ashram. Uh, it's a 
very fixed, defined thing, and this Krishna tells Arjun, even if you don't fight now, by your nature you'll be obliged to fight. So when that nature of pursuing uh, one's own uh, interests, and uh, if one is fortunate uh, to be able to live by that, uh, awakens within a devotee, then he has to recognize that even if he doesn't want to or thinks that he doesn't want to get married at the present time, his nature is going to oblige him in the future. Uh, and therefore, devotees required to be introspective. Uh, they need to view the type of guna or the nature that they have and take responsibility for that type of life in a proactive way. Uh, that is leaving a leading a dharmic life. And it's that dharmic life uh, that will uh, lead one to success. If a brahmachari uh, can balance uh, his own personal desires with uh, what is uh, required by the uh, guru, by the temple, temple president, and subjugate uh, his desire and live happily like that, then he can stay a brahmachari. But if he's in constant conflict, then he has to recognize, as this devotee told me, that there's a real change taking place in his subtle body. And I thought that was a very astute uh, observation, that a certain type of change is taking place in one's guna. And if uh, the uh, evolution of that consciousness uh, is manifesting certain symptoms, then on the basis of Shastra, we should recognize uh, that uh, there are other symptoms which were also later manifest, and that this is leading to a certain type of lifestyle and certain type of uh, ashrama, which we should then positively embrace. We should not try to deny it. We should not think, I want to be independent, but uh, I don't want the hassle of uh, raising children or taking care of a uh, wife uh, or a woman thinking that uh, husbands will uh, exploit me. That's renunciation in, in the mode of passion. Our business is to be dutiful, to act according uh, to what is needful, to do the needful, and very carefully select a life partner who has uh, equal perception, equal vision. And that way, uh, we naturally evolve through the different stages of life uh, in which ultimately through the process of uh, and kirtanam, uh, the a heart becomes free from all personal desires and interests, and ultimately the desire is only there for Krishna's service. And at that point, uh, one can renounce uh, or retire from the Grihastha ashram, and one can become a Vanaprastha uh, and uh, put one's full energy uh, back again into unconditional uh, service of the Lord along with uh, his or her partner. So positive, proactive acceptance of the uh, definitions of varnas and ashrams, uh, the type of guna, psychology, consciousness that comes along with it, uh, as well as the type of work that one is obliged to do under those conditions. These things are what constitutes varnashram, uh, not a uh, armchair debate uh, about some uh, theoretical or a faraway uh, social structure uh, that has nothing to do with ourselves. We need to live by Varnashram principles and put them into practice in our own lives. And uh, in, in that way, uh, we have a, a solid dharmic uh, foundation for the practice of our Krishna consciousness. Haribo.